Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body, or eating right? I want to break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hi guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out Division One athlete, turned stay-at-home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe, Girls Gone Healthy. Hey guys, we have a great episode coming up for you today. We are talking with Cassandra and it's all about women's cyclical health. So men, this one is really not for you guys, but... This one is great because I feel like it's something that we just don't talk about, so we don't know too much about, you know, we know you get your period and that's about it. Sometimes you cramp, sometimes you don't, sometimes you get cravings. Why does that happen? We go into that here. We talk all about how to adjust your nutrition and exercise plan around your cycle. We talk about how to treat your body at every phase, not just when you're on your period. We talk about why this means you shouldn't be going 100% all of the time, right? Like we are cyclical beings and I love this message that Cassandra is sharing with all of you guys. But before we jump into the episode with her, I did want to let you guys know that I created a Facebook group for us. So it's called Girls Gone Healthy. I don't think that you can search it though because it is brand new. So I included a link to it below. So just click on the link. It's private. So you have to request to join, but obviously, you know, everyone's accepted. Come join us. I thought that this was a great way because I love talking to you guys through email and through Instagram and I love having those conversations but there's so much that you know I don't know and that my guests don't know or that I don't have time to talk about and so you know if you're wondering about some new fitness class or a new workout that you saw online and you're like I wonder if anyone else has done this ask away in the group right like We can be each other's best resources here and that's also where I'll be including more information about book club because as you know that is coming up the first Monday of September is the episode so I created a Facebook event for it on September 1st is the book discussion that we'll be having live over Zoom so once again click the link below to join the Facebook group and now we'll be hearing from Cassandra. Hi guys, so today we're joined by Cassandra Wildler, and she's a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. Known for her passion and wisdom in women's wellness and reproductive health, she's a speaker and a leader, bridging the gap between science and spirituality. She's also the CEO of Goddess Ceremony, the host of Goddess Ceremony podcast, and the author of a woman's health book that's going to be published later this year. Thank you for coming on today, Cassandra. Thank you so much, Emily. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, where are you joining us from today? I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, so in the mountains. It's super beautiful. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. So if it's not obvious, Cassandra's on to help us learn a little bit more about our cycles, what that time of the month is, and just how we should be treating our bodies. So could you tell us a little bit more about your story and how you kind of ended up with this menstruation queen title? (laughs) Yes, right. That's the million dollar question, right? So like many women, I grew up with very little information about my body. I remember having very irregular periods. I was an athlete in high school, so I would go seven, eight, nine months at a time without a period. And when I did have a period, it was usually very heavy and very painful. So I always remember feeling like it was such a disempowering time of the month and having really no connection to it. 
Um, it wasn't until I started to dive more into natural health and where I was getting my doctorate in naturopathic medicine that I started to realize that there was kind of a, a more significant thing at play here. That by supporting the body, not just on a physical level, but also that emotional level, we could really see some large changes in the cycle. And the sad truth was, as I was sitting in these consultations with so many different types of women, I realized that this was a story that most women carried. Most women had very little information about their bodies. Most women had pretty adverse reactions to their period every month. And most of us just felt like we didn't really understand what our bodies were even doing. We couldn't tell you on a, you know, a physiological level at all what kind of processes our bodies were going through. So as I was doing this work as a naturopath, I was also starting to lead women's wellness retreats. And it was there that someone actually said the title Menstruation Queen, where I was breaking down the, the fundamentals of a cycle like we probably will today. And I remember she looked at me and she said, Cassandra, it's like, it's like you're the menstruation queen. And at the time, that title kind of made me uncomfortable because I wasn't ready for it. Um, and then funny enough, over the years, a few more people have said that. So I have finally owned that title. I specialize um, entirely on women's cyclical health and hormones, and it's been an amazing journey. Oh, wow. And then I don't want to get too, too personal if you don't want to, but just has your journey with it been, you know, sort of normal where you've always had a normal flow or has it also been something that you've struggled with in your life? It's definitely been something I struggled with as well. And I think a lot of people in the natural health world often become their own guinea pigs because we learn all this, we want to put it into practice. And so it's been such a blessing really to have a lot of cycle-related uh, cycle imbalances earlier in my life because I've been able to address those head-on just like I would with any client. Yeah. And then I know personally, I was an athlete, you're an athlete, a lot of people listening to this was an athlete at some point in their life. And so I know that a common occurrence there is that you don't get it every month, or you don't get it as regularly because you're exercising so much. Um, is that something that you find to be common? Yeah, it is. It definitely plays into the low body fat percentage or low body weights. But then also when you're an athlete, you know, we're using up so many more nutrients and our mineral stores can get depleted. So there's a few layers to it. But that's where this kind of information is especially important for athletes so that they know how to at least keep their body at a healthy level where ideally they can have a regular monthly flow. Yeah. So when you're working with a client, what is the end goal when it comes to someone's cycle? So it's a little different for everyone. That's usually the first thing we talk about in a consultation is I want to hear their end goals. For some people, it is very physical. They want to have a, a menstrual cycle that's predictable, that they can rely on every single month. For some people, it's more of a, a change in their symptoms. So they don't want to have severe PMS or they want less clots or, or less pain. But funny enough, a lot of people, it's more of an emotional level where they just want to feel more empowered in their body. They want to feel like they know how to work with their body or they want to let go of some shameful stories they've had around it. So largely the physical stuff, but there's those other layers as well that are just as interesting. Yeah. So they're just trying to get more control because, you know, if you are having it monthly and you can kind of rely on when you're getting it more, it's a lot easier to deal with and it's a lot easier to adapt your body to. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's funny because when I first got introduced to you and was finding out about your stuff about like this menstruation queen, it's like, this is something that's been going on in my life for 10 years. Like it's something <laughs> that happens to me every month, but I'm still just so, I feel clueless about it almost. Right. <laughs> like it's so, it's not talked about. It's talked about maybe once when you're put on birth control 
in your teen years, like for the first time in high school. And then just it's like you never talk about it again. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Do you feel that a lot of people just don't have the education behind it, which is why there's so much confusion? I do. Yeah. And often, you know, it's easy for us to blame our mothers or people that we feel like should have had this information. But sadly, this this kind of knowledge has been so disconnected for so long. So our mothers didn't learn any of this. Uh, you know, in the school systems, we get such a like a would be the best word for that, like a, a textbook style education on it. And so at no point are we getting a really empowering perspective of this is your cycle. This is how to work with it. This is how it can actually be beneficial to your life here's how to thrive with it. You know, like that doesn't exist, sadly. Yeah. Could you kind of break down the cycle for us a little bit like you're talking about at the beginning? Yeah. So one of the biggest things I often teach people are the four basic pieces of the cycle. We often think of our menstrual cycle or just our period, but there's three other distinct uh, phases throughout the month as well that are equally as important and really give us a window or a perspective into our health in general. So as many of us know, day one of our cycle is always day one of our period. And when we're on our periods, we tend to naturally feel more introverted, our energy levels drop, and we tend to have this feeling of wanting to hunker down. It's your body in a very restorative mode. Your uterus expands, doubles, if not triples in size. So your body's doing a really incredible thing during this time of the month. And that's why naturally we all crave rest. As soon as we're done bleeding, we come into our follicular phase. So this is that phase between our period and ovulation. And this is a time when our hormones, both our LH or luteinizing hormone and our FSH or follicle stimulating hormone really start to increase and our estrogen increases as well. So you could kind of think of the, the feeling of spring in that we feel a little more extroverted. We're coming out of the, the menstrual time and our, our energy levels tend to increase as well. By the time we reach our ovulation phase, we're at the peak of our game. So we're the most social, we're the most extroverted, uh, our libido may be very high, we have a lot of cervical nectar or discharge, everything in our body is in creation mode. So this would be that time of the month when you could actually get pregnant. And our hormones are really at an all-time high around this time. Then something interesting happens right after we ovulate our hormones kind of nosedive straight down. I find that when I show people an actual chart of this, they're like, oh, <laughs> no wonder. Uh, one day I feel so good. And the next day I feel like I just want to sleep on the couch and not talk to anybody. <laughs> it's not just you, it's your hormones. That's exactly what happens. And so in the luteal phase, all of your hormones are dipping down as they prepare to start to menstruate. However, your progesterone does start to increase. So in this phase, we really tend to feel uh, a coming in of self. We start to feel a little more introverted again. We start to feel lower energy. Um, and then in the next you know, 10 to 14 days, we move into that menstrual phase once again. So just that, that little you know, two minutes or whatever is more than most of us have ever been taught about our bodies. Yeah. Well, I even feel like I just had an aha moment of <laughs> I feel like I'm always guessing when that kind of crash is going to happen. But if I just kind of tracked <laughs> where I was <laughs> and what was going on with my body, then I could actually plan for that more. Mm, yes, that's that's such a great epiphany. Because yeah, it's it's something that we can really start to work with rather than feel like we're at the whim of. Yeah. So when you start working with people and they're tracking their periods and their cycles, you do you find that? That they're able to then go, okay, from this period, this is period of time. This is how I'm going to feel, things like that, and see where their energy levels are. 
Exactly. Yes. And then if they have more severe symptoms, a lot of women I work with have PMS. So they find that up to two weeks of the month, they feel very sensitive and very raw and they don't like that feeling of uh, feeling out of control with their emotions. And so as soon as we start to track it, it's really powerful because we can start to predict when they're going to feel that way, but then also have a baseline so that they can see how they're improving over the coming months. So it's tracking is so powerful for, I think, anyone. Yeah. And so you had just mentioned with the PMS. And so you know when in the time of the month it's going to happen then can you start to target different things nutrition-wise or other ways in order to reduce those symptoms? Yes. So nutritionally, we can do a lot. So when we see severe PMS, that's often a symptom of low progesterone. So, And progesterone, as I mentioned, should be increasing right before we menstruate. So we can see how if that was really low, we might feel those PMS symptoms even heightened. So that's part of it. But PMS is typically also, and this is kind of more of that, that bridge between science and spirituality, it's often an indicator that we're neglecting ourselves. So often if you look at someone that's like a stereotypical, really busy person, has a lot of PMS, feels really overwhelmed by their emotions, it's pretty common to also see this is the kind of person who pushes really hard, who doesn't take any time for self, who's always showing up 100% for everyone else and neglecting to do the same thing for themselves. And often in the consult, this is what we start to to unveil um, and really ask those questions of, how are you taking care of you? So it's it's usually a pretty big uh, epiphany moment. Yeah. So it's like those girls that are always going, going, going. And then when your body starts to need rest, then you just feel all of your emotions come with it. Exactly. Exactly. Like in the spiritual world, they say you get feathers before bricks. <laughs> and it's the same with your body, meaning you'll get little nudges of, hey, something's out of balance. Hey, we need you to look at this. And if you don't listen to that, then you get the bricks. You get the full-on diagnosis. You get the the really exaggerated symptom until you notice it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I know that we touched on exercise a little bit in terms of when you're an athlete and you have a low body fat percentage, but are there different ways that your diet and exercise can affect your cycles? Yeah, so especially when it comes to, we'll start with exercise. In a perfect world, we would plug in our exercise routine somewhat around our cycle. And so I have one client, for example, who is a personal trainer. And so it's been really fun with her um, as she has always had the mindset of like more is better. You have to show up 100% every day. If you know you go in and you can't lift as much today, that's, that's a bad thing. And so it's been really interesting to watch her experience around this in allowing more compassion and noticing the times of the month when cardio feels better versus, uh, you know, a weight training versus, dare I say it, rest days. (laughs) And um, so when you look at those four distinct phases of your cycle, those can be really powerful outlines to your exercise routine. So resting or yoga or Pilates with your menstrual time in that follicular phase, starting to do something a little more energizing, some sort of cardio with your ovulation time, really taking advantage of that peak energy. So that is when you could do um, a larger training session that could be a hit style training, something that really gets your blood uh, pressure up or your heart rate up. And then in that luteal phase, focusing on strength training, that's one of the best times to actually build muscle mass. So again, that's just a basic outline, but I think it allows us to start to tune into where our natural strengths are at different times of the month. Yeah. And what I really got out of that too is you shouldn't be doing that same exercise over and over again throughout the same month and expect your body to react the same the full time because if you're in a period 
where your body wants more rest and you're still keeping up with that working out every day, well, it's not going to perform at its best every day during that time. Exactly. Yes. And I think too, it also grants us that that permission or that compassion to also recognize that it's okay if you didn't do it as well as you did yesterday. It's it's enough, whatever it is you're doing. Exactly. So that's more of the time it's like, okay, your body's telling you to slow down a little bit. You know why. So <laughs> like listen to it and you can take that rest time. So I really like that. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. It's a I know it's a big like reframe for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. And then in terms of nutrition, I know that all of the like common myths out there or not even myths because I feel like I do it too, is like you get really bad cravings around your period, like sugar and candy, all that. Is that scientific at all? (laughs) It is actually. So especially the whole chocolate thing, when we're on our cycles, we tend to need more magnesium. And so chocolate, or I should say not like a Hershey's chocolate bar, but like raw cacao (laughs) would have magnesium in it normally. So that's partly where that craving comes from. Um, And same with red meats. A lot of women on their cycle are craving a burger or something, something meaty. And that's that desire again to replenish iron stores. So ideally, if we can take a step back and look at these cravings, they can be really powerful indicators into deficiencies we might already be having and then opt for a truly nourishing option that will actually, you know, (laughs) replenish those minerals. Yeah. So that seems to go back a little bit to the PMS that we're talking about and the spirituality side. It's like you have this buildup of what your body's lacking. Exactly. And then when your period starts, it's like, okay, well, now when your body is needing to pull from that, either emotionally wise or nutrient wise, that's when you're getting all these cravings and all these feelings. Exactly. Yep. Wow. <laughs> this is great. Um, I was wondering if you could share a little bit of the common misunderstandings that people have when it comes to their cycle. Yes, that's such a good, such a good uh, question. I think there are so many, but one of the biggest ones I hear is that menstruating is an inconvenience, it's gross, it's shameful, it's something we don't want to deal with. And I'd like to reframe that from something you have to deal with to something you get to experience. Because when you start to show up every month with an openness to your cycle, with an excitement, maybe even to honor it, to rest, to slow down, to understand the lessons of your body, you really have a very different experience. Your menstrual cycle is your built-in time of the month to take care of yourself, to prioritize yourself to some extent, and to, I know self-care is a hot, a hot word right now, but to truly implement that, to nourish yourself and see how you can refill your own cup. And so if we start to let go of this belief that it's terrible, that it's the worst, it's always really painful, and come up to this time with a little more curiosity in terms of how we can actually support it, that changes the whole game. Just that right there is one of the biggest transformations I see with my clients where for the first time ever, they move into their menstrual cycle truly intrigued to just experience it. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's really important too and something I can take back in my life because usually Whenever mine comes around, it's like, wait, it's been four weeks already. (laughs) Or I'm like, what? Like, I wasn't like ready for this, even though I should be by now. It happens very like consistently. And it's like, okay, if you know it's going to come anyways, and it's this different time of your month where your body is changing. I liked what you said. You know, you take time to reflect on that. How can you serve your body? Just kind of taking mental note of how you're feeling. 
Exactly. And that's, I think, such a an empowering perspective to take into anything. Yeah. So usually when someone's having issues with their period or say they're cramping more than they want, they'll go to the doctor and the first step is usually birth control, like birth control pills. If someone didn't want to go that route, what are some other ways that they could start managing their period? Oh, that's such a good question because unfortunately birth control is usually the first fix, but we know that that doesn't fix the problem. It just puts a bandaid over it. And this is why someone might get on birth control after prolonged uh, really heavy periods or because of acne. And if they get off of birth control in the future, generally those symptoms are there and they're just waiting to resurface. So that's a really um, a sad a misbelief, I guess, about birth control. So instead, when we look at the body, we try to, as naturopaths, support the root cause of whatever's happening. So for example, if I saw someone come in with very heavy periods, bleeding through multiple pads or tampons a day, maybe they've got some low belly weight, they just feel off, no sex drive, these would be kinds of indicators to me of likely a high estrogen person which is very, very common. We have lots of estrogens in our environments and this can build up in the body. So my goal then is to actually start to address what's truly going on. And that is to lower estrogen and likely increase progesterone. So they're kind of a delicate scale, we could say. If one is high, the other one probably goes low. So that's more so the approach that I take is addressing the hormones head on. And in doing that, we might do different foods. We might do some supplements, herbs, and all of that starts to bring it back into balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you wouldn't necessarily be like, okay, we're going to put you on this birth control and no. try to adjust <laughs> it that way. It's like, no, these things can be fixed naturally with your diet. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love that there's another way to do things because you're never told about the other ways. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. How did you go about healing your relationship with your period? It was a journey. And I think it always is. It's nothing that can be done overnight. And instead, I think it's like a slow peeling back process. For me, a lot of it was starting to look back at the old beliefs I had around my period and a lot of the resentments I had about my body and also a lot of shame trying to discover why is it that I feel that this is such a gross experience or why do I feel so disconnected from my body? Where where did I learn that or where did that come from? So that was a big part of it for me, letting go of this story that I've built up in my head about why this this makes me weaker or why this is such an inconvenient thing. And then in terms of the physical part of it, a lot of it was starting to change my diet, starting to incorporate red meat in my diet again, and looking at different supplements and herbs and things that could help me find that balance. And like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. It's been years, but I finally feel like I've arrived to this place where my cycle is my favorite time of the month, genuinely. I know that sounds (laughs) shocking to some. And I feel fully equipped to know how to prepare for it and how to support it. And if I do have a crampier time of the month, how I can really soothe that and nourish that. And every single person that menstruates deserves to have that same experience. Yeah. I really liked what you mentioned too with the mentality part of it, of like seeing what story you're telling yourself and the shame that you had because like even my own girlfriends, I don't really talk about it with, even though I know it's an experience that we all share and that I'm sure that they could help me out with. It's just not something that is really talked about and is really helped with. Um, Like 
the most that I've ever talked to my friends about it's like oh does anyone have a tampon like if I forgot (laughs) not Mm -hmm. like oh like what do you do when you're cramping or like is this normal and so I feel like because we are so ashamed and so quiet about it that I just don't even know what is normal and what's not normal Yes, I think that's a, an experience everyone listening to <laughs> can totally resonate with. And that's where we have this cool opportunity to start to be the change, where we can start to be the person that's a little more open about it. Because likely, all of our friends have the same questions that we've had and have had the same struggles that we've had. And we get to start to open up this conversation about something that really doesn't have to be taboo. Yeah, I really like that. And then my last question for you is um, also just like with your clients, because I know that a lot of people here are the same spot as me where we're brand new to this. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there just anything that you like to tell them the first time that they're working with you? Hmm, There's so many different things. I mean, on like a physical perspective, start tracking your cycle. And that way you'll you'll have that baseline and even just that understanding or awareness as to what your body is starting to do. That's a really valuable first step. You can get a free app on your phone. You just put in when you're on your period and it starts to predict things for you. And then you can track the days that maybe you have low energy when you have more discharge, all that good stuff. So that's that's one piece of it. But on more, again, of that spiritual side, what I would say to anyone is to simply give yourself permission to recognize that you are a cyclical human being. You're not meant to be the same every single day. You're not meant to be able to show up at 100% always. And that's the greatest misconception, really, about the feminine. You are meant to change. You are meant to ebb and flow. And there's so much beauty in embracing your cyclical nature, and making peace with the days you feel amazing, as well as the days when you feel like a a Netflix and chill kind of thing would be a lot better. There is wisdom in just noticing how your body changes and making space for that. Wow. I'm going to like use that as my affirmation right there. (laughs) Because we try so hard to be so perfect, like 100% of the time, you know, like we want to be at 100% every single day. And it's like, no, we are meant to ebb and flow. Like there are greater days and like days that we do want to just hang out. So I think that's so important to recognize. Yes, I'm so glad it resonates. (laughs) Yes, and so now I just wanted to give you time here um, to let everyone know kind of the things that you're working on, talk about your book that's coming out pretty soon. Yes, I'm so excited. At the end of 2020, I'll be publishing my first book, and we don't have the title nailed down just yet. My editor and I are are still working on that, but um, it'll be basically the, the introduction to healing your own cycle. So for people that want a book or a a self-guided resource to learn some of the fundamentals about their cycle, different ways that they can ease uh, menstrual cramps or PMS or cravings, all of that will be included in the book. So that'll be really cool. They can go to CassandraWilder.com to get on my newsletter and that way they can find out about it. And then we have the podcast, the Goddess Ceremony podcast, as you and I were talking about before, lots of really good introductions to a lot of this information about how to track your cycle, um, how to release shame around your period, all of that. And then on Instagram, I'm at Menstruation Queen, and there's lots of really fun, informative resources out there as well. So lots of good stuff. Perfect. And I'll include all of those links below so you can go check her out and especially the podcast too. If you like this, this is just barely scratching the surface (laughs) and the very beginner version of her podcast. So if you want to know more, go head over there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Emily. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.